Hello, and welcome back. You are joining us today for our 27th episode of Opportunity Thrives. I'm Jean Sharp, and on this show, we are committed to better supporting the needs of today's secondary students through interviews with students, teachers, administrators, technologists, and education influencers. We want to understand what's working in our schools today, what's not, and how we can impact positive, lasting change. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on our show. Please click in the podcast notes to leave us a review, provide your input, or send us your questions. You can also reach out to us at info at opportunitythrives.com. In these times of uncertainty and change, there is extraordinary pressure on education leaders to provide effective, informative, accurate, and timely communication to our students, staff, families, and the larger school community. As educators focus on the learning needs of our students, we also recognize that districts are trying to find the right balance of communication for their students and families alike. We want to dig a little deeper into this topic today. We will discuss how districts are reevaluating their approach to communication with families and their larger school communities, including what strategies have been effective and what have been challenging as they provide district updates and communicate critical information to all their constituents. Leslie Lenhardt is the Communications Director for the Tucson Unified School District in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson Unified School District is the largest school district in Southern Arizona, serving more than 47,000 students in 89 schools and programs. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, great to be with you. To begin with, Leslie, I'd like to invite you to tell our listeners about your district and the students that you serve. Sure. So thank you. Um, so Tucson Unified is a very large and diverse district. Uh, we have, as you suggested, um, close to 47,000 students, which represents over 76 countries and 94 languages. Um, and what makes our district very interesting is we also have uh, about 61% of our students are Hispanic or Latino. And we all, and because we have so many diverse languages and, um, cultures in our district, we have to really think about how we communicate in multiple languages and making sure that everyone, um, is understanding what we're trying, the messages that we're sending. Um, and with, then finally, we are, are the third largest school district in Arizona. So um, we do look at uh, the national trends to see what's happening, to compare ourselves and see how things are going there. Yeah, thanks for that background, Leslie. You know, as with a district of that size and with the diversity that you have within your district, I'm wondering if you can share with us, as the school year began, what plans did Tucson put in place to ensure that all students have access to educational opportunities and if you can tell us where you currently are with the implementation of those plans as well. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, as the pandemic started last uh, March, as for all of us, we all really struggled as to, oh my gosh, we're suddenly, everybody is remote. How do we communicate with them and make sure all of our students have access to their schools and their teachers? And so, you know, we immediately dove into getting technology for our students but as the year closed out and we started thinking about this current school year, 
we really began to make a plan that um, developed what we call our reentry plan that went through all phases of our curriculum to operational strategies, to communication strategies, technology, and really looking at what do our students need? How do we need to make sure our families understand and know how to get a hold of information since they won't be physically going to classes or to schools for the most part? And, um, and then the biggest thing to overcome was really quickly converting our district from a district that really only had some computers in every school to being a one-to-one district for every student, um, all 47,000 students within our community, which we were able to do um, with a lot of support from our board, but also with some families who fortunately have some technology at home, we're able to supplement as well. So we have quickly turned into a one-to-one technology district. That is no small undertaking, for sure. So I'm curious, as the communications director for the district, would you share with our listeners how you approached the larger communication plan for Tucson Unified? And what was really key to your strategy to communicate with all your various constituents, including those in the larger Tucson school community? Sure. So it really started with our district reentry plan and using that as our baseline as to, you know, making sure what we're um, taking into account all the major touch points that our families need. And then really expanding that as to how do we share that information? So, you know, for student services or meals or curriculum, how are we making sure our families have that information readily accessible to them? And some of the things that we did, which I'm sure a lot of people did, was, you know, used our email systems and used our robocalls and had our school offices personally reach out to families that we, you know, weren't sure if we were connecting with. Um, We created and updated our website and created specific pages for our reentry programs for coming into this year so that families wouldn't have would have a single source that they could always go to to find the most up to date information on a number of subjects, whether it was safety protocols or how were their class schedules going to change, how they get that information And we shared a lot of those links, um, not only on our websites, but through our social media. And then one of the other big things that we really did and dove into was creating short informational videos, um, whether it's be with our leaders or, um, you know, other people, informative experts in the district who could really share information that families wanted to know. And because, you know, people were really starving for information because everything was constantly changing. So making sure that we were on top of, you know, what was the most important message and how quickly could we get it out there? But most importantly, making sure the information was accurate. I've had an opportunity to view the welcome back video that Superintendent Dr. Gabriel Trujillo um, provided. And that was such a powerful video that articulated empathy and a shared message of hope and conveyed that you may not know what the future will bring, but we're all in this together. We'll be sure to link to that video in our show notes for our listeners as well. But as you talk about video communication, can you tell us about that particular message of empathy and hope and relating to your community? 
Oh, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it and, and so glad that you got to see that video. We really are proud of it. We are very fortunate that Dr. Trujillo is a, does an amazing job in delivering messages and, and helping us with some of the wording that, so that it feels very natural to him. But as we, you know, went through the spring semester, we really recognized that our families really felt a lot of anxiety and, you know, were really challenged by everything that was happening around them. And so we really wanted to make sure that the message of hope um, was really throughout the video and that so people could really see that there is a place forward um, beyond COVID and all the lockdowns and various uh, new types of um, environments we all had to learn to deal with and really make sure that, you know, that they, we would come out if we worked together and everybody helped and supported each other, that as a community and as a district in the long term, we would really be better off and um, would learn from everything we did and take that um, to make us stronger into the next years to come. And how has the response been from the members of the Tucson community to that message? Um, it's been really great. I mean, it's a it's a tough time for everyone and everyone is struggling. But I think that message really resonated, especially as we came into this school year in August um, and and help people say, OK, I'm ready to try this. And I know that together we you know, we can really um, figure out how to do remote learning successfully and make sure that our kids get the resources that they need. So I think it's been very positive. I will share with you that I took the opportunity to listen to a number of Dr. Trujillo's bi-weekly messages that you have up on your website. And I'm curious from your perspective, how having that strong and consistent voice to share updates and to connect with the school community, as well as having a regular rhythm for these messages has supported your overall communication strategies. Yes. Well, great. Well, well, really what we feel is important is as a district and in talking to some of my other um, PR partners out in, you know, across the state is really it's creating that consistent messaging. Um, and for us, we felt, you know, people are really looking for information on a regular basis. And so we felt, you know, as long as we could at least get a video from our leadership, and in this case, Dr. Trujillo is our spokesperson, um, every other week, that that really helped people to feel like they knew what was coming, they had more, the most up-to-date information, and if they wanted to get other information, they could always go to our website or you know, look back through emails to get anything in the interim. But the video message always allowed them to hear um, from the district of, of a voice of authority, uh, you know, what are the key things that we're focusing on and how are we there to help the students as well as the families? Absolutely. And he does it in such a way that it feels very connected and very comforting as well. You know, Leslie, one of the things that we're seeing in many districts across the country right now is they are just in a constant state of planning and resetting plans as circumstances and conditions in the local environments continue to evolve. What are you currently doing to keep students and families really in the loop about what changes are happening in Tucson? Sure. So it's, it's, it is a constant evolution and, you know, information is always coming at us of little changes that different, um, 
you know, leadership and or the city or state are making. But one of the things that we've really um, focused on not only is the video messages from Dr. Trujillo, but also having um, or trying to have a weekly or every other week email that summarizes information. We also do um, we have an employee newsletter that comes out monthly that highlights all the big things that people need to know. Um, we send out robocalls and texts um, for really critical information to make sure people are seeing it because not everyone um, reads their email regularly. And then the other thing that since we are a multi-language district that we really have to consider is making sure our, our main pieces of information and documentation are in up, we have up to six major languages that we have to translate them to. So making sure we're reaching all of our families, not only our English speaking and our majority Hispanic, Spanish speaking, but our Swahili and Karundi and Vietnamese, all those families also really need to understand you know, what is happening and how it's impacting them and their students. No small task right now, that's for sure. When you think back, Leslie, of the goals that you had at the very beginning of your planning process and how those those plans were implemented, how has your strategy had to change as fluctuations in plans and, and so forth have been impacted across the district? I think the biggest thing for that we've had to manage is really looking at the frequency of sending the message and making sure that we're 100% sure or we feel confident anyway, even though things change, that you know what we share with people, we don't expect it to change. Um, and I think the other piece is really listening to um, the responses that we get from people. We get hundreds of emails a day, um, you know, depending on when we send a communication out. And if they have questions and making sure we're getting back to them, or if we, if there really is a miscommunication or they're interpreting a message very differently, how we send out and how quickly we send out um, another more clear communication to make sure we're answering those questions. Um, we try and respond to every email that we get within 48 hours. Um, so, you know, that helps too, so that families feel like they're not, you know, just sending a message into a black hole, that they are getting a real person on the other end who's helping them address whatever their concern might be. Out of curiosity, can you tell us a little bit about the support staff that you have to, to help you facilitate that responsiveness to the communication um, throughout the, the school community? Sure. So um, a lot of the emails come directly to me. So, you know, I answer many of them personally. Um, I also, you know, we, every, they can email our, we have active um, emails out on our website. So people can email anyone in the district or any leadership person. And um, it's just really our goal that we respond to them um, on a very timely basis. Um, we also have obviously other um, folks within our own teams who might help gather questions um, and, you know, review them and determine if we're missing something. Um, and we also respond through social media um, because we do get direct messages there from people um, asking questions. And so we, you know, look at the consistency of what is the question and making sure that we're responding to them on a regular basis in a similar format or with the same commentary. So there's not um, a different type of response 
depending on what platform they come into. Can you expand a little bit more on your use of social media and what you have found effective there? Sure. So we um, really use uh, social media is, you know, with in this day and age is becoming a, you know, booming platform for people to quickly go to and get information, whether it be through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter are the three main ones that we use. And for us, it's a really good way to share information to the larger audience, whether they actually um, be a member of our school community, or if they're just someone who is in the community that is interested in what we're doing. So it allows us to share our videos. Um, if, you know, in the case of when we created our reentry plan, we shared the links to that. So just really to try and make every, uh, our information as transparent and as accessible as possible to people. And we try not to over, um, I don't know, overpost, I guess that would be the word. Um, and only share, you know, a post, a, you know, a few a day at the most. Um, just because with, you know, 89 schools, we could post, you know, something every minute of the day, but we really, um, glean through and determine what is, uh, the most critical information for families to be aware of or to target it. So if it's something school specific, Every school has their own social media as well as we have the district one. So we might only put information on a school site versus a district site. So we really target and choose how we're sharing that information. It sounds like you have been very intentional and very responsive in terms of adapting your your strategies along the way as things have unfolded. And clearly, we know that flexibility and agility are just two of the postures that we've all needed to adopt in 2020. Is there any indication that as your district moves forward, that there are policies or new strategies or new expectations for communication that you plan to consider putting in place for the district? Yes. You know, there's not really any policies, I would say, per se, but I would say as our guidelines and as we move forward, we really have found that, you know, digital media with we will always probably from now forward have some portion of our population that are remote learners. So they're going to really need to get their information differently than those populations that are going to be in school. So, you know, using that digital media, using you know, the Facebook and the Instagram or the Twitter platforms is really important going forward for us, um, as well as, you know, technology is ever changing and platforms are being developed every day. So really keeping our eyes open and looking at the value of new platforms platforms that are coming out and determining, you know, how do we keep up because people are, um, you know, want to be communicated in uh, multiple ways. And so finding those new platforms that people are gravitating to as well and not being and being more flexible, I guess would be the right word, um, to what is of interest to people so that they're getting your messages and you're not being left behind because you're not changing with the times and the technology. That is so important right now, isn't it? You know, the, the notion of just posting something that someone can come and see is different in today's world. You also need to look at ways to push information out to um, your constituents to make sure that everyone is well informed. With that in mind, what are you doing to make sure that the members of your school community have, have t total access to transparent communication across your district? 
Um, sure. So I think you know we we do post and and share everything on our district website. We make recordings of town halls and um, other type of um, informational Facebook lives that we might be doing, and we post those links um, on our website so that people can go back and view them later if they'd like to, um, as well as. You know, we do push out, um, as you suggested, you know, emails to share information. Um, and, um, we've created, um, email addresses that will allow people, if they have specific questions about a technology issue or about a curriculum issue or just our, uh, reentry protocols and safety things as we come into you know, coming back to hybrid or, you know, next year, hopefully coming back to in-person school that will be directed at the leaders of those departments. And that way they get direct access um, to someone who can answer their questions instead of going into a pool where it will then take, you know, three or four people to get to the right person. So trying to make as many direct access points for our community is important to us. Um, as well as just talking and um, really making sure customer service is always top of mind when we're you know, talking to our community and making sure they really understand and we're clear in what we're trying to share. Yeah, particularly in these uncertain times where information is really needed for many families in the community as well. You know, one of the things I uh, noticed on your website as well is that Tucson has been very intentional about listening to the challenges and the concerns and the feedback from families in the larger school community. You mentioned the town hall meetings that you do and some of your Facebook lives. I wonder if you can share with us what you're hearing from your school community regarding the communication and how their input is informing um, how you communicate out. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, as I mentioned, our community really is, you know, like most communities is searching for information and they want it quickly and they want it really to be accurate so that they can make plans of what are their next steps. You know, is their child in the right learning environment or do they need to make adjustments? And so for us, uh, you know, along with the town halls and hearing people's feedback um, and sharing the information, we really hear that, you know, for the most part, they really want their hunger for the information and they appreciate when we get it to them. Um, but they always want more, which in many cases, unfortunately, we don't have the answers because you know, we're waiting to learn what's going to happen in, you know, in our COVID world of, you know, when will there be a vaccine and how can we get everyone vaccinated or how do we get more testing out there? So those are all questions that really dictate what we will be able to do. And so much of that, many times we'll say, you know, this is what we can do today. But as more information comes in, we just try and be a you know, really transparent. And if we don't have 100% the answer, we say we'll get back to them as quickly as possible once information becomes available. Um, and then we also share information, whether it's through emails or, you know, school newsletters. And again, try and be consistent in what we're sharing so that, you know, they're not reading conflicting information between two pieces of um of media that might be coming out from our school district in general. Leslie, I'm curious, when you think about what these last nine months or so have been like for you as the Director of Communication, what has been among the biggest challenges that you faced regarding communication? And what have you done to address 
uh, respond to those challenges? Sure. So I think um, for me, the biggest challenge is um, or has been that, you know, how to get complete answers out quickly to people. Um, because people, if you just give them a partial answer, then they have five more questions. So, you know, how do we really, you know, make sure we're covering the entire topic that we're trying to share? Um, and I think also just making sure that, um, we're sharing the same information in multiple places, um, as well as um, for our community in multiple languages. So, you know, this year we really made sure that all of our websites are multi-language, whereas in the past we had some language information, but now more than ever, it's really critical um, since families aren't being able to go into the schools because our district is completely remote right now, that um, they can, you know, go to the website or, you know, and see all the information or go to the Spanish Facebook page and still get all the same information as is on any of our other um, media platforms that we use. This actually leads into a question, my next question, which in part you've already answered, but I wonder if you could share with us, you've had experiences through this these last nine months and you've learned a lot through what we will all consider very uncertain times. What do you think are the best practices for communication that you have found successful and you want to continue to practice or continue to implement when the pandemic is behind us? Sure. So I think. Um... Part of it is recognizing that you can never over-communicate um, because people do get their information from different sources. Um, so that, I think, is one piece. Um, and then I think also it's a good strategy to um, make sure besides you know, large communication, but targeting some of your messages. So if you have information for example, let's say testing information um, that is, you know, really is just, you know, how do you set up a good testing environment in their home, making sure not only that the students have the information for the particular grades, but also that the parents understand what will be helpful for the days that their child might be taking benchmark tests or, you know, things like that, so that everybody is on board. And so really making sure your um finding the right people instead of sending out um, a mass email or mass communication to everyone, but you target when you need to, but also still make it available like we do on our district website and things like that. So they can, it is available for others who may want the information, um, but may not be a part of that particular test or um, whatever is going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it strikes me that many people say we you can find good in the messiness, right? In terms of, of there will be good that comes out of our current environments and so forth as well. What I'm curious about from your perspective, do you see any silver linings right now that are emerging throughout this crisis? I do, actually. I, I think one of the things that we I recognize and, and that our district and my team recognizes is that there's lots of ways to communicate with people and that we have to be open to looking at what is, you know, what we're what we're hearing from people as to if they're receiving the information or if they have new platforms that they're using that they 
you know, are more comfortable with. So migrating to those different ways to find our, our community and make sure that we're reaching them, I think is, is a big piece and challenging ourselves to be comfortable with those and with the change that might be happening. Because um, as we all know, the world does change and um, we will have to adapt ultimately. So just embracing that as we move forward is better in the long term. I am struck, Leslie, by how you are so focused on positively serving the Tucson community. And I always like to ask my guests this question, what keeps you optimistic about the opportunity that's before Tucson Unified to emerge changed, but stronger and even more focused than ever on serving the needs of the students in your community? You know, I think part of it has to do with the fact that we do get some great feedback from our staff and our families saying we really appreciate that we're here to help them, that, you know, we're helping them, you know, overcome the challenges that they may have. And then I also think that, you know, in our schools, we're seeing in many cases, the parents even though it's a harder time because the children, many of them aren't directly in our classrooms, that they, the parents are more connected and being more supportive of their child and their schools. And so as we move out of this, I feel and I'm hopeful that that connection will continue, which will ultimately make the district stronger because everyone will be working together to make the make our children's education really worthwhile so that they can advance and be better people and better global citizens in the long run. I agree with you completely that having parents connected as partners within the learning process is really an opportunity for us going forward as well. Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for leading the way with effective communication throughout a very challenging time. I know our listeners will be able to apply many of the valuable insights you share today as they consider their own communication strategies moving forward. And Opportunity Thrives listeners, thank you for your time today. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love it if you would just take a moment of your time and share your feedback on our show by providing a review on either Spotify, iTunes, or whatever platform you listen. And please reach out to us with questions or comments at info at opportunitythrives.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time.